What's up, Riley? Thanks for joining the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. I love your corduroy jacket. Thank you. I thought it might get chilly in here, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> you can strip whenever you I need do. to. Like, <laughs> Thank fine. you. Thank you. <laughs> How are you right now, mentally and physically? Um, yeah. Well, physically, I told you I just uh, blended my dinner of chicken and rice and veggies and... I'm not sick to my stomach, but I like feel it in my stomach. So, <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. So yeah, more than that, physically, I feel good. Yeah, feel good. Played some basketball today by oh. myself, and uh, mentally, I feel yeah great. I'm going through some changes now with my work and with my living situation, uh, but like it's all for growth and i'm like so excited for it so that's good great yeah so things are maybe like a little bit different and maybe a wee bit crazy right now but it's all in the name of growth yeah and i know it's going to be a couple crazy weeks too and i just had that thought today i was like you know what but like i fucking love it i love it so yeah 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 What's your full-time job, do you mind if I ask? Yeah, um, I'm a podcast editor. Are you really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I know so much about the editing. It's all making sense. Yes, yes. What's the podcast about? Um, so I have multiple clients. I have like a barbecue podcast client. I have a personal growth client, another like spiritual personal growth client. Um, yeah, that's what I have right now. Nice. Yeah. How did you get into that? Well, I started my own podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, Level Up a Shea. And yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to have mentors, but that was hard because we were inside. So I was like, well, let me get a podcast and then I can talk to all of these really cool people, really, you know, just experienced people and, and successful and start a podcast so everybody can listen to these conversations. Also, because I'm like, well, if I just ask them to have a conversation, they're not going to be down. But if I ask for a podcast, they'll be like, yeah. (laughs) Um, And and then from that, like I was editing videos and podcasts, just my own content. And then I went from like a personal assistant. My There was a life coach that I was working for. He was in L.A., and I had just moved to Atlanta. So I was a personal assistant for a year, and then I got my own clients for for audio and video editing. So right before the pandemic, I was working retail in L.A., and I was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 9 to 9 every day, you know, like commute, come back. It was, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, and living there is already intense and expensive, and so that doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, like, what is your, what is your, what was your first experience in the industry? Like, how did you get involved in entertainment initially? Like, were you, I know that you do improv now, and you're also a host, but where did you kind of start? Well, in St. Louis in 2015, I got my MBA in marketing, graduated in 2014, and you know i for a year i was like i don't want to work behind a desk a nine to five job um but i didn't know what i wanted to do i got a personal training certification 
and did that for a couple years or for like a year and a half and then I was a barista at Starbucks part-time and then a barista a co-worker at Starbucks invited me to this improv spot in St. Louis I'm trying oh, to think of I'm the from name. St. Louis, and I yes. love this place. If we're thinking of the same one, yes, um, I remember it now. The Improv Space is it? Shop. Shop. Yes. Yep. yep. Oh, that's one of my favorite yes. places in the world. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a small community, but like strong, and I'm, I mean, not like small, but um, smaller than like Atlanta or, or LA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone was just so nice. I remember my first class. I'm pretty sure it's my first class, either first class or level one. Uh, I cried. Like, I was, oh, like, no. I think so emotionally pent up. Um, yeah, I mean, probably for the past 10 years, <laughs> you know, of just, like, continually, like, releasing all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I did that for a year. I remember, I mean, that first year I even after that I shook on stage like my hands were shaking um I was scared to go out and initiate or whatever I remember uh you know the game sex with me Mm -hmm. it's a short form game yeah uh I remember for like one show I don't know if it was a Thanksgiving show or whatever it's a big show and everyone went out except for me because I was scared of like you know failing or not being funny or whatever and I just remember that and now every time I play it I get out there and I say something funny and I'm like I just look at the growth you know um but yeah I mean that that's how I first got into I guess entertainment then after a year of that I moved to LA and did the same thing but just like 10 times of the intensity yeah (laughs) like every night you know, going out to improv shows, um, not really stand up much, but yeah, getting into UCB and took a class at Groundlings. Yeah, just hit it hard. Even getting into Groundlings is an accomplishment, so congratulations. Yeah. Like, it is difficult. Yeah, thank you. I actually, yeah, I forgot that there is an initial, like, audition because, yeah, I just took level one, and then they're like, you're going to have to take level one again, which, like, I was expecting because I was not 100% comfortable in that class. Even now, I'm like, because in improv, I play the straight man a lot. Um, so I have to, like, really, really try hard to do characters and stuff. Um, so, and that's what Groundlings is. Right. I know yeah. different styles of improv are so different and even like UCB Franklin or I'm not which, sure which one you went to, but even between those two, like Franklin and Sunset, it was, it felt like a totally different kind of experience. So that's kind of what's interesting about improv too, like where you learn it and where you start is going to define maybe your style a little mm-hmm. bit because they're all so different. Like yeah. there's not one right way of right. doing it. But um, yeah, what's something that improv has taught you about yourself? Um, oh man that okay about myself okay about myself (laughs) I mean I guess about myself about my life is like god I don't want to say this I don't want to say life is improv (laughs) I don't want to say it 
Well, you are. But I did. said it. But I said. <laughs> um, but it is that. I mean, it's it's like being quick on my feet. I think that is just like a learned skill in improv, and I think that's I've done that in my life as well, just like with life circumstances. So I think they kind of go hand in hand with that. I'm trying to think, like, actually answer your question of what. <laughs> What I've learned about myself through improv. Well, it's kind of a tough question. We can always find it, you know, okay. along the way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, what's, what what drives you? What motivates you to want to keep doing art and, and building on your craft, even though it's it can be time-consuming and, like, it, dare I say, demoralizing sometimes? Like, what makes you want to keep going and what's your goal for yourself? Yeah. Uh, what makes me want to keep going? I don't know. like sometimes I'm like where is this coming from like where is this passion to like not want to work for anybody else you know and like and actually do me be my own person like you know live literally through purpose of like oh if I can do these purposeful things and use my gifts to like fund my life, that's fucking awesome. Um, like I told you, I was cooking earlier, and I'm very, I'm in the very beginnings of my YouTube journey. Like I've tried multiple times over to be like, I want to make YouTube videos, and and you know, I was cooking food earlier today for the video, and I'm like, people literally get paid to do what I'm doing. I'm just living life. Yeah. And I think I think that's like the biggest reason, the biggest thing that like pushes me is like man, I just want to live life. I don't want to have all of these you know, outside obligations that don't again like I don't think fill my purpose. Um like I enjoy podcast editing, but that's like okay. It's, it's creative in some way, but it's not purposeful for me. So I guess purpose is what mm-hmm. really pushes me. Um, and what was the second part? Um, what's your goal for yourself? Yeah. <sighs> goal? I know you can have a lot of goals, yeah. but I guess in terms of your career. Yeah. Be in movies, be in TV, on TV. Um, I have three pilots written, and... I have a feature film somewhere. I can't find it, but I know the idea. <laughs> last you time I last time I opened up the script, there was like nothing in there. I was like, no, I have because I remember I had like 130 pages of a script. But that I want to I want to feel fulfill those things. I want to make those things come to life and I mean even on top of that like have a uh, foundation for people. I don't know if it's for queer people. Like, I feel like it's, I don't know. Things have changed so much since I was a kid and, like, queer and closeted. But now a lot of, I know it's not perfect, but there are so many kids that are out, (laughs) you know? Um, But I could still make a foundation uh, because there are, I'm sure, people who are suffering um, in that area. Uh... Yeah, and I think I just want to build a team and be able to allow them to live their purpose. So it just kind of is like 
I don't know, I think of Drake. <laughs> I listen to Drake all the time. But, like, you know, he is this, like, umbrella of purpose. And, like, everybody who works for him, I don't want to say everybody, but hopefully a lot of people who work for him and with him are also fulfilling their purpose. And so I think that's kind of the foundation that I want to create and grow. Yeah. That was really well stated. And I, I'm sorry I laughed when you said Drake because I know that he's kind of a meme. But I do. I do. He's a boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like whether you think his music is good or like, you know, whether he can be corny and stuff, like there's still something to admire there for mm-hmm. sure. And I love that attitude, that like go-getter, hard-ass attitude, which I feel like you also have where it's like you're not waiting for opportunities to come to you. You're finding them yourself and I just think that's so respectable and it's not very common thanks at least from what I like the people that I know and I know a lot of people with like so much talent and skill yeah and like I wish you had that like I don't want to say grind mentality that's so but like (laughs) um like just wish they had that attitude of like I'm gonna get there no matter what whether it's like on my hands and knees scraping like I'm gonna make it happen for myself and because they have so much talent. I'd love to see like the art that they can give. Because like, I, you know, Late Night with Shay is awesome. And it's brought so many people together. And it's given, you know, your writers and your team like something that they can work on and do as well. And so it's like by pursuing your passions, you're also helping other people do that too. Yeah. It's my favorite. Like if people want to join a team or whatever happens, I'm like, what do you want to do? Because I don't want you coming on my team and doing something you don't want to do. Because what, what is that doing for, for either one of us? So everybody on my team who's a writer, everybody wants to write. I have a producer on my team. She literally, I met her a couple months ago. She literally wants to be a late night show producer. So I'm like, come do this. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's important for a, a good team, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you kind of maybe just touched on this, but what was your goal for Late Night with Shay? And like, what, what were you really hoping it would do? And, and what would make you feel satisfied if, if it did do that? Yeah. Um, I don't know what my goal was. I just knew that, and no shade to anybody in the community, all I saw was the same old. <laughs> this sounds bad, but just like improv shows and stand-up shows because I would go to both. I was doing both, and I'm like, I need something new, something fresh, Like, and I love variety shows because it keeps people interested, and also with Late Night, I can bring improv people together and stand-up people together and kind of merge those communities, and so I wanted to bring that to, to the community that like different show yeah um and then as far as like what would it take to be satisfied I honestly don't have an end goal to that I used to um and that was to be like not even an end goal but like a next goal and that was to be at dad's just because it's a bigger theater which we have dates for dads in November December thank you yeah Um, but I realized because I kept on getting frustrated when things wouldn't do numbers, whether it was a show, whether it was a video or content or I don't know, some other issue, it didn't meet the standard that I thought it needed to. I was like, oh, 
this isn't the thing. Like, I was thinking of it as late night with Shay Dominguez. This is the fucking thing. This is the thing. This is going to be my thing. This is going to be the thing that kind of makes me, you know? And that's just, like, kind of small thinking, one. But also, then I'm putting all of this pressure on that thing when it's like, what happens if I book a movie next week and I don't have time to do late night anymore? What would happen then if I had so much pressure on like a goal of this thing and then I get this other opportunity, you know, what was all for for nothing or something? Um, So yeah, I don't have really a goal for it anymore. I just want to make the best show that I can the next one yeah yeah that's a good way to put it yeah and I think that's probably why it's so good is that like you're not chasing something you're like I'm gonna let it be what it is and I hope that it's good um but other than that like you're not you're not doing it as some ulterior motive like it just kind of is what it is and it happens to be awesome and it's given people so much joy like it's certainly given me a lot of joy and it also has inspired I think like the creative bug in me mm-hmm. and in some other people too. And around the time that your show started, I started to see other people kind of like, oh, I have this idea for a show and this, cause it was like, oh, well if Shay can do it and it's that much fun, like I want to do it too. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, I want that. And I want people to act on those ideas that they have. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. You get that inspiration, just can do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Nike. <laughs> this is sponsored by Nike. This is a show. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of your improv journey, what's been your biggest hurdle and something that maybe was the hardest for you to learn? Probably that I was just worthy of being on stage. Really? Yeah, I mean, and even if it's, even if I say something that's, like, not funny, it's still okay. Like, because I think, I used to think, oh, well, everything I have to say, or everything I say has to be funny, when that's not the case. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just being on stage, like I said, I was so scared before, and... I think I had this like experience when I was like 10 at a talent show and I read knock knock jokes out of a book and I feel like nobody laughed. I feel like I got crickets and that just like haunted me for the next 15 years. Uh, But yeah, I, I think just being worthy, feeling worthy of like stepping out, you know, and being silly too. Just like letting loose, which I love. I mean, Brett Schultz and Madeline Evans are just, they're so good at being silly and like being crazy because after that set is done, then they're back to their selves. I mean, they're still silly, goofy selves, you know, people, but like they can do whatever on stage. And it's not like, oh, well, he made an ugly face. <laughs> He's ugly, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that. Yeah. Yeah, worthiness. 
I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, I noticed that even recently, like, started taking my time more and learning to, to take space. And I used to feel so rushed because I was thinking, oh, it, what I'm saying isn't that funny. My idea isn't as good as everybody else's idea. And so it made me kind of like, want to get it over as quickly as possible and like you know like do my little thing and then get back to the back line and let like the funny people step up so it's been fun to just kind of take that space and be like it's probably not going to be funny every time but it's still important that I learn to do that and eventually you'll grow into being comfortable enough to be funny on stage and like be more open I guess yeah yeah, yeah. um what do you think your biggest strength is as a performer I think listening. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, what I was taught at UCB was like, listen for the first weird thing, and that's the game. And I, I feel like I like to do that when I go out in my scenes now, just like kind of take my time and then recognize what's the weird thing that the other person does or that I do, and then use that, you know, to move the game forward, essentially. Um, yeah, and I, I think I, I will say names during sets. I don't know if I'm the best at, <laughs> at remembering <laughs> names. Or oh, yeah. In real life, I'm pretty good at it, but on stage, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say listening and picking up on little cues and it's very, very frustrating. It's like hard to do improv with people who don't listen as like one of the most frustrating things which it's the same in real life <laughs> again it's just like you're not listening to what I'm saying and then you're just going and doing your own thing yeah yeah what's something that you see beginners do a lot that you know like you can tell that they're gonna the more you learn about improv they'll learn that that what they're doing probably isn't helping them very much Probably, oh man, I could go two ways, but they're kind of one and the same, is um, arguing and and going negative. And I'm sorry, arguing is more like no, more like saying no. Yeah. Because um, there's a way you can say no and drive the story forward, and then there's a way you can say no, shut it down. Yeah. Like hey what why do you have an apple in your hand what this isn't an apple this isn't you know this is an orange it's like no the person gifted you that it was an apple and so you go along with that um and then yeah being negative man like fighting in scenes it's so easy to do it's like oh you're my sister uh oh well, i'm gonna bully you you know it's like so much easier to do that than like hey, sis, you want to go get some lemonade? You know, like, wh what fun is that? Like, I want to see siblings fighting. I don't want to see them getting along. It's like, well, you can find the fun and find the funny being nice. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to tear other people down. I think negative happens a lot. And it's just, and it also it's just not fun to watch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try to look at it through that lens a lot. Like, what do I want to see? when I'm in the audience and mm -hmm. when I'm there just to see a show, I'm not participating or something like that. 
because sometimes what feels comfortable to do up there is not what reads as well to the audience maybe so it's important to look at it both ways um and like also question why it's so easy to go up there and be negative i don't know (laughs) maybe 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 it's nothing but also question it yeah yeah um i was also going to ask you this like do you find that sometimes it's hard to let go when you're editing and it's hard to say like okay that's my that's the final product like mm-hmm. you can always make it better, you can always improve, but do you find it hard to, to just say like, okay, but this is it. I need right. to leave it how it is and call it a day. Yeah, I, I think specifically, I'm just thinking like for the sketches for late night, again, we have a deadline. So it's like, well, we only have so many hours left to get this done. Um, like we've exported it a couple hours before the show before. You know, who knows? I could play it. F- I maybe would have to play it from my editor because it's not actually uploaded anywhere. But um, I mean, that helps where it's like you're kind of forced <laughs> yeah. to let it go. Or even like if you're doing a podcast release every week. OK, well, this is the deadline. Kind of have to let that go. I am also known to be a perfectionist. I think it takes probably just practice, you know, just like continuing that because it's like how many, whether it's social media videos or, uh, you know, sketches or podcasts, how much shit am I going to put out? Like, am I really going to, one, spend so much time on like perfecting this? And also like, will I even remember this? you know, years later. And I don't know if that's necessarily, it's like, will I remember it? Because hopefully, you know, (laughs) it's like, I remember when I did that podcast episode. Uh, But yeah, it's just like, I think again, the growth aspect where it's like, oh, if we're not focused, if I'm not focused on being perfect and rather I'm focused on growth, then this is good for now yeah and then the next one I'm gonna see how I can do better yeah and I know for every show too like I've gathered with the writers and people on the show and have gotten feedback from the you know from the show and it's just like okay make little little tweaks every time um man letting go just in general though like I think I've had to do that in other ways you know, not just with editing, I guess. Yeah. 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 Have you been reflecting on anything recently about your yourself outside of like improv, just you like as a person? Gosh. Without my work? What? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> um... And I feel like my, like, my life has been so weird because, like I said, I've been transitioning. And so it literally is in that transition phase of where it doesn't feel like I'm living at the place that I'm living at. That, like, it doesn't feel like that is my home. It feels like it's a transition place. So it's just, like, I'm, like, trying to think of what have I reflected on um, because I was also, like, 
at somebody's place dog sitting for like 10 days like and just got back a couple days ago so i'm like what is my life right now um yeah reflecting honestly i don't i think just reflecting on on this cycle that 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 i'm in I feel like I have started cycles before and then that cycle will end and so I'll start again. You know, like I like YouTube, like I've mentioned. Yeah. And I think it's just I've been thinking of those old cycles, you know? And it's like why am I doing this again? And not not even why am I doing this again. It's I'm different. I'm different than those old cycles. Like I have grown so much and like, I feel like now I'm ready. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like before I had to learn a whole bunch of things and yeah, like I feel like a new person, especially just now going in this transition that I'm just, I kind of feel a little out of body because it's like the person who I quote unquote want to be is like, you know, a glitch in front of me. So I'm just, and as I continue to live as that person, it will, the gap will close, you know? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, are you a big believer in like the timing and like, yes. How important that is coincidence um yeah uh i mean universe all of that yeah, yeah it's man that that's one of the things of talk about letting go of like people texting man people can be horrible texters i can be with some people um but it's like there's the timing you know when do you actually need to have an answer to the question that you know when do i need to have my question answered that i texted this person do i need it now do i need it today well it'd be nice or do like i need it by the end of the week because if i text them on monday and they don't get back to me on monday then i'm just gonna be pissed because I don't need to know until Friday. But what if they text me Thursday? You know, am I going to spend those four days just like mad because they aren't texting back? Yeah. So I think timing is, is so big and things happening for a reason. Like when, when I face challenges, when they just come up in my path, I'm like, all right, well, there's something here to learn. Um, I'm always, I'm pretty, usually pretty excited for, for like new challenges. Um, I honestly forgot your initial question. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you. <laughs> oh, I think I just said, do you, you believe in like timing? Yes. And like timing. timing. Yes. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And like you said, you know, 
um, or I think you said something along the lines of like, you didn't get it the first time maybe. Like, you know, this maybe isn't the first time you've tried um, doing YouTube or I don't even know how to say that correctly. Mm-hmm. Doing, yeah, yeah. Making YouTube videos and yep. posting them. Like, there's, first of all, there's no shame in trying again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am right there with you. The people who don't fucking give up. Yeah. Like, make it, you know, and make it, you know, in quotes of like whatever you want that to be. But so I, you're, I'm right there with you. You're right there with me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I think about um, when I was in St. Louis and I took a class at the improv shop. And um, I remember at the time I was a lot younger. I was like, um, it was over my summer break in college. I was like probably 20 or something. And I took the class. I don't remember a lot of it. And I remember being like really insecure at the time. And like everybody else in the class was older than me. And so I kind of felt like every time I talked, it was probably annoying to them because, you know, they're just like on a different level than me. And so I don't think I absorbed much from that class. Like still glad I did it, of course, but I just didn't receive what I needed to receive from it. And then to revisit improv by happenstance you know, three years later, when at that point I, I had decided like, this is something I'm not good at. It's not something I'm naturally prone to being good at. Like maybe I should just try something else. And then to kind of fall into it again years later and really be ready to hear what they were teaching me and be secure enough in myself to like hear them and then to try those things in front of a class and to be comfortable asking questions. And I just think like, what if I actually would have written it off and thought like, this sucks, it's not for me, Um, I'm never gonna try it again. Like I would have missed out on so much fun and so much joy that I get to experience from it now. So just reminds me that just because the timing wasn't right initially doesn't mean that it's not right for you. You just maybe weren't ready to understand it yet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Props to you for, I mean, listening to yourself, getting back into it. Because it seems like it's probably something that was kind of, itching at your skin right a little bit yeah I thought it was really interesting and I hated that I couldn't figure it out and that really bothered me because with improv when you don't figure it out it's like everybody can see it (laughs) (laughs) whereas like with other hobbies like you can you can be not good at them and it's fine nobody's gonna know (laughs) yeah that you tried journaling and and you didn't (laughs) it didn't stick like nobody's gonna know but with improv the feedback was so immediate that like oh I don't know what I'm doing that I think it was just was more embarrassing than anything like more embarrassing than it was than it was fun so it's been nice to be open to to trying it again and like yeah it also makes me feel better about like past decisions that I've made or like maybe like people I've dated or friends I've had that I'm like I just wasn't ready to learn the hard lesson yet and I was making mistakes and that's fine and I was gonna learn them later so yeah 100 percent yeah yeah um Have you ever received a compliment about yourself personally or about your work that's really resonated with you? I took this class um, at Get Taped with Matt and Brooke. And were you at my birthday show? We had a cake. No. No, okay. I wasn't there. Okay. Um, I just know a bunch of people from that class. It was like a workshop. It was an, an intensive workshop. And then Matt and Brooke, um, they're actors, but also they have a self-tape studio on West Side. And 
basically the workshop was this is a long way around to answering your question <laughs> but can't wait <laughs> the workshop was there were about 12 people in it and it was an image workshop so the first day first exercise everyone had to go up and sit in a chair as the other 11 people had a sheet of paper with like 150 adjectives on them and they had to mark down which adjectives where it was like you know i, I don't know uh, stern goofy silly and then at the end you had to like see what like you were sitting there in a chair for a minute maybe two something like that and people were just kind of looking up you know marking down things it was so funny too because sometimes people would look up once and then go and just mark all the things i'm like don't you want to look up here again but it's it's the first impression that people get um i mean i think i took it as a compliment uh one of the most picked adjectives for me was ambitious and i think i also got that um because we had to write down phrases uh later on for like we told we went up in the chair and we told stories and then whatever came into people's mind they just wrote down a little phrase but yeah i i think that that's one word that's really sticking out is ambitious um and i've heard that you know before as well just with my work and people are like you're busy and I don't know busy has like kind of a bad connotation to it it's like oh I'm so busy all the time <laughs> um but yeah I feel like ambitious is like I I care about my work and I just assume that everybody else out there is doing as much work as I am I just assume that I'm like, what, what do you, t-? they're like, you put out this, this, you have this podcast and you have these videos. Like, I'm like, yeah, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, not yeah. even in a bad way. I'm just like, yeah, every single night, like I work a lot of the times 12 hour days, but it's just because I wake up and I, you know, either do my client work for podcast editing or I work on my creative shit. Yeah. And, um, and like, that's fun as hell. I also have a coach now, um, manifestation coach. Oh, tell me about that. Yeah. So I took her program, um, abundant babe academy. (laughs) So I took that, I took that like a year ago. I was like abundant babe academy. I was like, is this really for me? But she reached out to me in my DMS and I was like, what is this? This again, timing. Yeah. I was going through like a really rough time in one of my relationships and even my health. And then this came along, it was like a four month program and yeah, I just loved her teachings and I learned, learned and grew so much from it. And then we started one-on-one coaching a couple months ago yeah. and it's been awesome. Um, and through that, I've learned how to rest also and, you know, take time out and just like go grab coffee and not bring my laptop, you know, or I don't know, go out and enjoy myself. Um, again, I keep, oh, okay, so the compliment. I'm like, where am I going? I'm so sorry. Um, but I, 
I mean, through that of just like being ambitious, I'm learning how to also rest and like that be okay. And things can still happen when I rest. I, I know so many times I've wanted like a client to pay me. I'm like, pay me now, pay me now. And then I get frustrated. I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I'm just going to go relax, go have a day. And then I get paid. You know, it's just like the, the timing with that. And it's like, oh, a lot of things actually are happening when I'm relaxing. I, th- I thought I had to do everything myself, right? But like the universe does 50%, I feel. Yeah. And then we do the rest. Um, so, yeah. I just, I love uh, creating, I guess. I mean, to literally take something from your mind, conspire with the universe, and bring it to life, like, that's fucking cool. I mean, like you said, too, you're like, sometimes it doesn't turn out exactly how you thought it would, and it's like, that's okay. And I know you said that's okay, but I've had many times where it's like that even in a late night show where it's like, oh, it's not going how I wanted it to go. But it's like, life is improv, (laughs) you know, like, let's just play with this and not being like so pissed off in the moment just being like, no, I'm, you literally cannot not, not knock me down because I'm like at this place where I'm here to have fun. I'm here to put on a good show and yeah, and I'll stand in that, like, I don't know if it's a higher place, but I'll stand in that place to have a great show, in that example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This might be digging a little too deep. I don't know um, about that. I go deep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any genuine fears outside of, you know, like, you might be afraid of heights or you might be afraid of, you know, like a finding a spider in your bed or something like, do you have any fears when it comes to your life's purpose? Like, is there something that you're afraid of happening or do you not even have time to think about that? You're so focused on doing what you want to do and getting to where you want to be. I think I still fear what other people think of me. Like, I think that, but I think people will have that. I think I will have that for the rest of my life. You know, like I yeah. think I think life is a journey, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's like it's not about. Oh my gosh, I can't wait until I don't care what people think of me. I used to be like that. I used to be like, you know, I'd look at Chris Brown, you know, Usher. Like I would listen to all that R and B, and I mean. I'm like, man, I want to be that smooth, you know? And, man, I can't wait until I can be that smooth and not care what people think about me and ask people out and just be, like, confident. I can't wait till I'm at that place. And then it's like, oh, fuck, it never came. Like, it never came to where I could let go of all the other stuff and just be confident. Um, yeah, I was, like, I was too busy beating up on myself that I wasn't in that place that I couldn't just be here and be silly or confident or however I was feeling at that moment. Um, So yeah, I think that I'm still letting go of that. And I put so many videos out on social media 
that people are kind of find it like really you care what people think about you and um <laughs> and yeah I, I think that's a very deep fear from child you know being a child um I think also kind of fearing like maybe that there's not a space for me somewhere. Oh. Um, but I think again, it's like as I have on my hat, a yin yang. I think it I think it, again it's with that caring what people think about me, but whether or not I care, I'm still going to do the thing. I'm still gonna put out the video or do the show or whatever it is. It's with the, my memory is like terrible right now. Um, do you remember what I was saying? Um, <laughs> me too. Um, it was the yin and the yang and um, letting go. Oh, the space, the space. Yes. And just also with the space of like being scared that there may not be a space for me in the entertainment industry or where I want to be. But it's like the other side of the coin is I'm going to create that space. I am creating that space. But it's like that fear is still kind of there. You know, or like, are people actually going to like me for me? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are people who make so much money and just are successful in their own right being themselves. You know, and yeah. I think it's sometimes like people are like, well, I can be myself and like do all this awesome stuff. And, and so I think it's just like believing, you know, having that fear of like, will people even like me? I don't know. But then being like, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I do care, but <laughs> like, I'm not going to let that stop me, I guess. Yeah. It's a tough balance because, and correct me if you disagree, but like it, connection and I guess reputation in a sense Mm -hmm. and your community are everything but at the same time you can't let it be the only thing right because then you can't do what you need to do or what you want to do if you're thinking about appeasing your community and your and the people that you keep around you so it's a tough balance because it's like I want them to like it because that's part of why you make it like I want people to see it and enjoy it or feel inspired or or whatever it is but then at the same time that can't be the only reason why you're doing it so it can be hard to separate those at least for me in that like you know when doing improv like of course I want people to laugh and I want people to think it's funny but I also want to be able to walk away from a show that didn't get a lot of laughs and still feel satisfied knowing that I did what I wanted to do or I worked on what I wanted to work on and it's sometimes tough to do both yeah it is tough yeah yeah and I also wanted to ask would you mind elaborating on what you mean when you say it's space for you Mm -hmm. yeah I think there are just so many artists out there now in the industry in the business and it's like oh well you know all these movies are already coming out all these tv shows are already coming out is there a space for me I guess um but again, if we go like go to like energy and stuff, <laughs> uh, 
there like there's always space i don't like it can't be blocked off if this is just like i i actually don't know how to explain it i'm trying to when i asked it i was like <laughs> i don't know how i would answer that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well and like this is just me kind of like thinking out loud but yeah. recently i've been like in the past year i've been thinking about why it's been hard for me to maintain strong relationships with women my own age Mm -hmm. previously. And I think it's because I've always felt so inherently competitive Mm. with other girls that maybe look like me or like are doing the same thing that I'm doing or like, you know, even an improv in the community. Like I always felt like there was this tension between myself and other women my age. And I was like, why do I feel that way? Um, Like, what is that saying about me? Mm. (laughs) That I feel this, like, tension and competitive energy. And so recently I decided to instead, instead of seeing other girls who are doing the same thing as me or other people or whoever, instead of feeling competitive, I should instead feel inspired when I see them doing things that I want to do because then it's showing me that it's possible. Mm. If nobody's doing it, that should be the worst option. Because you're either going to have to be a trailblazer, which is hard, or it's not possible. So I should feel more inspired when I see other women doing well. And like ever since I had that mindset shift, I've just realized that like everybody has their own lane and there isn't necessarily one niche to be filled. You bring something to the table that's totally different than someone else who may be very similar to you just in the fact that you're two different people and you're going to be different. And it's kind of helped me like, one, like myself more, even though I think I like myself at least enough to like be secure, like, you know, not letting um, other things get in the way of what I want to do and don't tell myself that, oh, just because she's doing it now I can't because there's only room for one of us. Like you can both be doing well, but sometimes in the arts, it does feel constricted because it's like, well, there's only so many roles for women between the ages of 18 and 22 who are Caucasian with brown hair. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I do feel like really competitive with other people that fit that same mold. And I'm like, that's just not the case. Like it's kind of something in my head that I've created that's not really there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like too, that's a moment by moment basis of like, I don't know, for me, I can't wake up and be like, this is my mindset now. And I'm not going to feel competitiveness with anybody who looks like me or is doing what I want to do. It's like every time I see a person now who's doing that, be like, hell yeah. Like it doesn't happen like that. I think because it's there, our brains are just like programmed and it's going to, okay, competitive. And then when you're able to like slow yourself down, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Source of inspiration. They're setting an example for me. So I think, yeah, it's it's a process. And I think just with, therapy for myself with like therapy it's helped break that process down of like number one being nicer to myself giving myself grace and yeah just not being so hard on myself I swear that's like so I hear that so much they're like people are like stop being so hard on yourself and there's there's a balance with that because of like if I'm not pushing myself, then I'm not getting better, but also, like, I did the best I could, you know? Um, but, yeah, the competitiveness, especially in the arts, 
I think for me, and again, it's a balance of I'm fucking me. I am Shay motherfucking Dominguez. Nobody else is. And I think that's just like so powerful. Again, it's like a balance between like an arrogance and, you know, feeling worthless. Um, because it's like, I'm not better than anybody else. I just know I can do me better than anybody else. Yeah. And that goes along with like relationships too. Um, yeah. In, in the arts. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's also a lot easier to just like stop trying to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I found that was so exhausting to like always want to be something different than what you are. Mm. Like it's obviously great to have goals and like if you want to change in a positive way that's good too but like it always makes me sad when I see people especially I see a lot of actors doing this because it is a tough industry to break into and you spend a lot of time at the bottom working your way to the top Mm -hmm. and so you spend a lot of time in that space and I see so many actors that are like well once I get my big break or like once I'm there once I'm like you know, in the place that I want to be, I'm going to feel different. I'm going to be happier. I'm going to have all these things. And it's like, it's so sad because they're wasting the time that they have now that they could be enjoying the journey and the process, but they're not, they're not present in who they are. They're so busy wanting to be someone else or wanting to be in a different place. And I just like, it's hard to shake that from an actor who really, really, really is driven to, to be, you know, like, I don't even like to be a a working successful actor. Like, Mm -hmm. I just see it so often and I wish more people would just say like, you know, what I'm doing is enough. I don't need to strive. If, if it's meant to happen, it will happen and I can still enjoy my life in the process. Yeah. I mean, I hear people say that to, who aren't actors too, of just like, man, when this happens, then, then I'll be good. And then I see them a couple weeks later. I'm like, Hey, how are you? (sighs) This thing. But you know, once, once this thing is over, I'll be good. And, and I just, like, when somebody says that, it sends a signal to my brain. Like, I literally, triggered is not the right word, but, like, something gets triggered in my brain that I'm, like, they're saying this, and that's not true. <laughs> I don't say anything anymore. I may be used to, but now I'm just, like, people are going to figure it out on their own, or maybe they won't. Um, but yeah, like the destination is the worst of having that. When this is when this happens, then I'll be happy. Man, it um, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. You heard of that? Is it a book? Mm-hmm. What's it about? The present moment. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's about exactly what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> it's, it's about I mean the power of now. So it's talking about the power of the present moment. And, I mean, he talks about, like, Hitler, you know, and how, well, we really changed the subject of, like, he, I don't know what I expected you to yeah. say, but it wasn't that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I was thinking it, but I didn't expect me to say it either. Uh, talks about Hitler of, like, Hitler literally promised this dream of getting rid of, of Jewish people and... And having this 
quote unquote better world. Like that's what he promised to these people. It's like, it's not good now, but it will get better. I mean, Trump, it's not good now. Make America great again because it's terrible now. And so, but I'm giving you a promised future that's going to be good. That is hell. And that's what Eckhart says in his book. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I, I, have a, I have a rap song called High as Fuck. And we got permission to use part of the Power of Now audiobook. And so it's in the song. And so it literally is talking. It's not doesn't refer to Hitler in the song, but it's talking about that promised future that the present, I mean, the, the future or the past does not exist. Literally, it, like it does, like I'm always in the present moment. If I imagine the future, imagine the past, it's my imagination. It's not real life. Um, so yeah, when, when, just when people say that, when I'm, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when I lose five pounds, you know? It's I like, got bad news. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, you won't. You're probably going to gain five more yeah. with that thinking. You're still going to be unhappy. You're just going to be a, a little bit thinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like one of my biggest things, not necessarily a regret, but I went to school, school for six years and I knew that I didn't want to do that, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And because I think it had just been shoved, just like, um, not shoved in me, but uh, dormant. It's just like all of my dreams and my fantasies as a kid just like was just stuffed inside of me and just was dormant, you know, for years and years. So like when it was time to go to school and make that big decision, it's like, oh, well, my mom is going to make that decision basically for me and I'm not going to allow myself to to fight it you know i'm like i'm 18 i can decide whether i go to college or not you know i can decide that um but i didn't know that back then and so then going six years to college i'm like for something that i don't even use now um i say that but it's like i know i use something uh yeah i can't like that is part of my story and i'm proud of it honestly i'm proud that I, I love it when, when people, um, uh, this is going to sound weird, but I'm excited. Like, don't, don't, um, respect me in, in that aspect of like a business aspect. I, I just remember working with somebody a, a while ago and they're like, do you know this? I'm, I'm like, I have an MBA. And they're like, oh, 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 you know, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to hold it as like a thing of power or anything, but like when people um, doubt me, you know, I feel like I can kind of, it's not even that I can pull that out as like proof that I'm worth something and I'm smart. I'm just, it's more of the, I don't know, it's more of the like experience of it and the strength that I gained from that and now who I am today. Um, yeah, is that making sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's part of my story. Yeah. And I'm like, every part of my story, going to LA, moving to Atlanta, living on an air mattress, like, <laughs> like all of it is part of my story. And I'm, yeah, I'm proud of it. 
Yeah, that's good. And I like I think it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes too. And that like, even though sometimes you rehash the past and you're like, oh, this thing could have gone better. I could have done better, or I could have been luckier, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like if you're happy with where you are, none of that should even matter. Right. Like it it got you to a place that you want to be, which is really the whole point of, of of everything that you do is like you're you're trying to get to a place. And so if you're happy with where you are, even if it's not exactly where you want to be, you should be grateful for all of that stuff. And even the things that didn't work out perfectly, you know, I I'm a big like everything happens for a reason kind of mm-hmm. person. And so, you know, I, I always just think like it'll I'll get my turn. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Like I, that thing didn't work out. And because of that, a new thing is going to work out. And that's why sometimes when I'm like really in a state of despair, but not, I don't mean to be that dramatic. I don't, I don't, I don't find myself luckily in a state of despair very often, mm-hmm. but if I'm having, you know, like maybe a moment where I'm feeling negative feelings or like something bad happened, it sucks. But also when I sit in it, I'm kind of like excited because I'm like, okay, something's going to come from this, mm-hmm. whether it's just a little bit of growth or maybe a little bit of good karma or maybe something else like, yeah, it's it's great because when something really awesome happens, that moment is amazing, but it's so fleeting. But then moments of growth tend to last for a while. Yeah. Most of life is growth, and it's not just, like, happy moments, I feel. But if you can be happy, uh, not necessarily happy, but, like, excited and uh, more, like, even keel more than anything, um, then... then you're set, you know? Yeah. 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 I really like your pants, by the way. I'm Thank you. you Thank you. They're so comfy. Got them from like Ross or something. Oh. Ross or one of the other one. TJ yeah. Maxx. TJ Maxx or Ross. One the of the TJ Maxx family. One of yeah, those. in the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What's something that people would be shocked to know about you? Uh, I grew up in a town of 600 people. That's what? Just seeing if you're shocked. If I am. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, 600 people. Name is Shipman. Uh, it's technically a village. We have no stop signs, no stoplights. You know, you just drive through. You're out in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that is... I'm gay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm shocked. I knew it. I knew it. Um... Yeah. Can I ask a question about that, if that's okay? Yeah. Do you think your sexual identity plays a big part in your life, or do you think it's just kind of something about you? I think it plays a big part. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's taken me so long and so much to reclaim who I am that I stand strong being a gay woman. Like, um, I remember my mom when I came out to her, which that's an interesting story. I didn't necessarily come out to her. I came back home and she told me that she saw messages between me and my girlfriend. Um, so it was like, I didn't know that, um, it was like, a. it's not come out. It was your found out. Oh. That's technically what it's called. And I just remember her saying, I don't understand why it has to be. And she's grown 
since then. But I don't understand why it has to be like your identity. Like I, you know, I don't shake my hand with somebody else and be like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm heterosexual. Like it doesn't have to be like all in your face like that. And I don't remember it being in anybody's face. I remember it being behind closed doors. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to introduce myself like that. But also like, my experiences have been of a gay woman. That's how I live life. That's how I walk through life. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have the same experience as a six feet tall straight woman who played basketball and got her MBA. Like our lives are different. And yeah. And so I think it, I think it plays in, my confidence. I think it also plays in my insecurities. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big part of who I am. And again, I'm proud of it. Um, I, I love, and maybe some of it is like stuff that I need to like figure out in therapy as well, (laughs) because like I, I don't find myself being competitive with like women and I don't find myself really being competitive often. Yeah. But I think it's more with men. Oh. Yeah. Like I have to, I have to prove to them that I'm like as good as them. And that's probably just like a general woman thing as well. Yeah. Not saying that it's good or that men are better. I'm not saying that at all. It's definitely a learned thing um but uh again that's why i'm like saying parts of these are probably things that i should go to therapy for <laughs> i could say that about so many yeah things exactly that I should. <laughs> yeah no yeah i'm always like interested to ask that question because i do feel i don't know if lucky is the right word but I, um, I feel so lucky to be straight. Um, <laughs> actually, I find it a little embarrassing. I'm being pretty honest with you. You should see you my know, track record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I feel lucky to be gay. Really? So, like, feel lucky. I feel so fucking lucky. Like, I love women. And I get to be with women? How amazing is that? That's That's, like... I'd feel lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I think our lucky sounds a little different where it's like, I feel lucky that I'm straight. So I don't have all of these negative experiences that gay people have. Is that right? Or Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And, and also like just to piggyback off of that too, like I don't ever feel the need to explain my sexuality, mm-hmm. nor, nor does it play much of a role in my life. And mm-hmm. so I think that's just, how I feel about some of my friends that are different than me is that like they may not want it to be a big part of their lives, but it is Mm -hmm. whether they like it or not. And it does play a big role in in a lot of the things that you do. And so I always just wonder how you feel about that, but I'm glad that for you it's a positive and it, and you feel lucky about that. And yeah, I've, I've met people who feel differently, unfortunately. And it's like, that's just a whole, a whole struggle in that like, we're not to where we want to be as a society yet to where that's fully accepted in all places. And so that's just a struggle that I never have to deal with. And so I like to acknowledge that because I do think it, it can be a burden to some people, unfortunately. And like, you know, it's, 
and not a choice that was made. And so it's just kind of how the cards are dealt. So I always just like to hear like your perspective on that. Yeah. And I acknowledge my privilege with that too. Like I have family who respect me and love me for who I am and also just who I like, I don't know. I am tall, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to go into, you're hot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we don't need to like beat around the bush. <laughs> um, I, but that is, that is like a privilege, you know, like I'm not discarded because of those external things. And a lot of people don't have that. Um, so I will also acknowledge that <laughs> I'm proud to be hot and gay. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your perspective because it's so helpful for people to see things through your lens. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Can I plug something? Sure, yeah. Um, so I am starting a video creator membership. And so I've done a mastermind before, uh, where it was a six-week mastermind. Each week, people bring in one video that they post to social media. So this is for people who want to make videos, um, who are you know kind of scared and haven't put videos out before, or they want to make like videos that they want to make. Because I've had a couple people where it's like, they have followers, but they're making stuff that they don't necessarily are passionate about. Yeah. So I'm um, starting October 1st, starting a membership, and then that just will continue. So a monthly membership for people to come in, have weekly accountability, um, also have like a creative hub to go to. We'll have a Facebook group and just people to bounce ideas off of. I mean, if you're in Atlanta, like happy to get a group together and like go out and shoot some videos as well because I know that's just so hard to like get started on your own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if anybody's interested, check out my Instagram. Well, Level Up with Shay is where I'm mostly going to be putting it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm really excited. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited about that. I just, I love, I come from a teaching background as well. And so I just love like facilitating and facilitating other people's growth as well as my own. Like, that's just exciting to me. So, yeah, that'll be going on. Well, that's really exciting. And yeah. thank you yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Because you're giving back to a lot of people, and that's not an easy thing to do, especially given how, much other th how many other things you're doing. Yeah. So thank you for all you do for the community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I speak for us all when I say <laughs> thank you, seriously. And you're just, like, an awesome person so I'm so glad we got to do this yeah thank you <laughs>